Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you're not aware what the show is, we are going through the entire back catalogue of Metallica, which I think is about 150, 160 songs. You know, they could release some EP in the future. We could add to that. We could discover some old tracks, but that's the rough number. So it's going to be about three solid years of uh, criticism and celebration, affiliation, uh, you know, derangement with this music. And I want to thank you for joining me. Um, essentially, the format is my Myself and a guest going through the song, picking out what we like, what we don't like, how we appreciate it in the grand pantheon um, of the band. And just before we get to today's guest and today's song, uh, I want to say please, you know, follow us uh, on Twitter. It's probably the best way at um, Metallica Pod if you want to know about all the news, all the upcoming episodes, etc. If you want to help support uh, Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica, I want to give a big shout out to Jason Wood, um, who's coming on the show soon as well. He uh, pledged about a week ago or so. So thank you so much for that, Jason. Essentially what the Patreon is, all the things that go on the channel go on the Patreon first. So if you want to you know, help support, you want to give back and you want to get access to episodes, you know, weeks, months uh, before they drop, go on to the Patreon. Get in touch with me as well. If you want to come on the show, metallicapod at gmail.com. Always great to hear from people and always great to pop you on the list. It will be a little bit in the future now, as I always say, if you're getting in touch, you know, please be aware of that. You might not be on for a year or so, but you'll be on the list is the important thing. And we can tackle Invisible Kid together. Actually, no one's no one's claimed Invisible Kid yet. So if you want to get in touch with me, uh, we can do that song next year. Um, but yeah, you know, today, yet another song, Die Die My Darling, and yet another guest, Alex, how's it going, man? That's going great, Tom. How are you doing? I'm well, I'm well. And uh, we were just saying before on air, it's quite, obviously, uh, you're clearly not an Englishman, um, but you're a fan of soccer. So you're familiar with these <laughs> earlier times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, let's just talk, because I know you've got a big history with the band, and it goes back a long way for you. What were your first experiences with Metallica? Uh, I hung out at a record store. Uh, I was a big, my favorite bands at that time in 88 were, uh, I was a huge Deep Purple fan. I was just getting into Uriah Heep, but I was, I loved Pink Floyd, had all their stuff. A Rush fan. Uh, and... Yeah, I liked Led Zeppelin too a bit, and you know the guy at the record store kept saying, you know, these guys aren't going to put out anything good again. And when the Injustice for All came out, uh, he handed me a CD. He said, "Go home and listen to this, and if you like it, come back and give me the money next week. If not, just bring me back the CD." What a guy! <laughs> and it was a good investment for mm. him because uh, by the end of the next week, I had bought everything previous to it. Right. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, back then as well, uh, a wonderfully more innocent time, wasn't it? Like now, if I want to listen to any band's back catalogue, it's on my phone, I can stream it on the way to work. But then, you really grew to learn an artist, didn't you, through listening directly? Yeah, um, you know, that being since Justice was the first album, that's the album that's still my favourite. And uh, as you've been, as uh, you and the other podcast talking about the favourite albums and favourite songs, mm. I realised that like Ride the Lightning is the album that I have sort of skipped over because, you know, it's always big with Kill 'Em All. It was the first. Got to listen to that. The Master of Puppets just, you know, totally blow, blew me away when I heard it. Um, and it just was going between those, you know, you got to listen to the first one. And I love the, the songs. Those were the easiest to get in, really, as a new Metallica fan on the first album, of course. The, you know, the hard chargers and quick and get out. And then, uh, but that's... That's kind of how it went, and then we got a chance to go see them. They were uh, that Justice tour that they played, oh, you know, all over the world. Uh, the guy who owned the record store, who, um, 
he said, you know, I went and we camped out for tickets and that was about 20 rows back in 1989, April 1989 is when I saw him the first time. Is that in Peora? Am I saying that right? Peoria. Peoria. Okay. Where's that? I've not heard of that. Uh, If you draw a line between Chicago and St. Louis and take it right in the middle, you'll be right around Peoria. God damn, man. I've had a few people who have been to some concerts and to see them on the Damage Justice tour. Epic beyond words, I imagine. Yeah, I... um, as I've, as I've gotten older, I, I feel more bad for Queensryche, who was opening, because, right. you know, they were only, you know, three or four songs in for it, and already the chant was starting, Metal Militia, Metal oh, Militia, right. Metal Militia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it was uh, just unbridled. Uh, it's I have to say it's the last, you know, I've seen them six times since mm. through the years, and that's really the last time when it was all when everyone there that was their favorite band right you know and it was, everyone was just a diehard metallica fan and uh you know i saw them three times on the black album tour in successive years and you know a lot of friends from when i was in college went with me who weren't you know they had just come on with the black album and liked they didn't like all the album maybe sure. but um but it, you know Seeing them live also hooked those people as being lifelong fans. Mm, mm. And I've said this before on the show. If you did a census of music listeners and asked them to list their favorite band, I'm convinced maybe other than the Beatles, Metallica would probably come number one. Like most people I seem to meet, maybe it's because I do a podcast about the band, but they seem to be everyone's sort of favorite deep down in their hearts. What is it about the band, you reckon? I know it's hard to put a finger on, but why are they so loved? You know, for me, it was when I started reading about the band, uh, you know, because I was just trying to get in everything. Um, it, you know, one thing that they did, uh, it was an interview that said, um, you know, in the old days, you know, before the Black Album tour, they said, it used to be all four of us would do the radio contest winners and the so, you know, whoever was who paid to get backstage and we'd meet with them. And now that we're a little bit older and now it's two of us wait backstage. And uh, so, you know, I hung out during one of those shows and, uh, you know, the guys came, you know, the roadies or whoever came out and the bodyguards and said, you know, uh, just stand back, let the guys put their stuff in the car and, and they'll sign everything you've got. And Kirk came out first and just his realness with the fans is was I think is that connection. He is, you know, people who are guitar players saying, "Oh man, you were really great on that part," or "What did you do on this certain part?" Or that was a new guitar, and he just listened to everything they had to say, and you know, was oh thanks. And then he put his stuff and went, and then James came out, and that's yeah, that's sort of uh, you know everything else is buzzing in your yeah. you don't hear anything. It's Mr. Hetfield. He, <laughs> You know, I'm reading the the book, uh, This Monster Lives, and, you know, it's James effing Hetfield. He is a rock star. Oh, my God. Um, And, you know, I shook his hand, and I've got a signature on my Master Puppet CD. And then after they went, they let everyone else who was back, who was waiting out, you know, there's about 20 of us, they let us go backstage and hang out with Lars and Jason and, Lars had all the women around him, of course, at that yeah, time. Yeah. You know, all the model-worthy women, sure. and I didn't know they had model-worthy women in Rockford, Illinois. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But when you saw, then you get to James and or when you got to Jason and Jason's uh, autograph, uh, first got to give a headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> so you know everything you read at that point, and um, that was they were just they were real, and they you know everything was about the kids. What is it about the kids? So it's about the kids. You'd read and all their their things when they would talk about uh they're setting up shows and such that's mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. crazy the experiences you've had um with the band and let's push on to today's song then um which is a cover by one of cliff's favorite bands i've got to be honest with you alex it's a band that i just don't know that well i know ethan luckle loves them he mentioned them recently when i was on the show um what, what are the misfits to you as a band uh the misfits were this t-shirt right yeah <laughs> that, that was that was my first exposure to them was I thought that is the one of the coolest yeah. t-shirts I had ever seen that the with the wine with the wine glass and the revealing the woman's skull I yeah. just thought that was the that was how I first discovered them cuz the record store of course I hung out he sold a ton of those and um that was you know and I never I never got a copy of that, but I did get into dancing later mm. when his, uh, um, so to tell the truth, I haven't, I've heard the song in the past and that, but not, not the, not very much. No, no. And the artwork you're talking about, as well as kind of the logo of Misfits, the skull, which is kind of Ramones, Nirvana, ubiquitous, like still on t-shirts. It's still such a popular design. Interesting that, um, Die, Die, My Darling was the sixth single of, of the band, the horror punk band. And the back cover artwork was done by Pusshead, weirdly enough. Yep. So yeah, he was... cool to see that lineage. Yeah, that's how he started with them and then jumped, got the big jump onto uh, Damage Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and there ever since. So this song for me, um, you know, when I first listened to this album many years ago, I always enjoyed it from the off, even not appreciating the context. I don't know the band that well, as I say. But it's quite a propulsive quite a clean, dare I say, a little bit poppy just in terms of its reputation, but it's a very enjoyable song, though. No? Oh, yeah, I, I really liked it. It's that, what I liked about it was that just thin punk production, mm. you know, and I've always liked Glenn Danzig's sort of evil Elvis sure. uh, snarl that he had to his voice on yeah. parts. Uh, uh, that, that I thought was pretty cool, and it, it's a... Uh, Eternally, you can listen to that song over and over, and it, it's not one that really gets old. Mm, mm. No, definitely, because I mean, it doesn't have much time. I think it's like no. two minutes twenty. I think it's the second shortest song um, on the whole Garage Records, apart from Stone Cold Crazy, which is like ten yeah. seconds shorter than it. But um, I actually went back and listened to the original before we did the episode, and I don't know if you've heard the Misfits version compared to the Metallica version, but it's far muddier, and there's this weird beep that they kind of keep in the new song, but in the old song, there's just a beep going on the whole time. <laughs> I just I noticed that too. I yeah. was like, is that is that some sort of harmonic thing? Yeah, I don't know. Is there meeting or is that purpose? And mm. uh, it's like with some of that older stuff, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave that a mystery. I I'm not going to find out. My, I don't want to sure. do around. It's it's just pretty cool. I always thought that um, that odd production of those punk records, you know, yeah. like they can call them produced. I mean, yeah. it's, you could just picture someone in the room going. 
all right, one, two, three, four, go, and sure. turning on the tape machine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Equalizers are for quitters, I think, yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, someone in the YouTube comments, actually, of the Misfits track said, was the microphone in the same room as the band? Because it genuinely does feel like that. Like, Whereas this Metallica version, it's very bright, it's very powerful, and, you know, it has a lot of momentum. Yep. A great song before going out. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> even even uh, you know the burp at the start and James going like yeah, like you can tell mm-hmm. you can tell the band are enjoying this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and I love when it's one of those songs that he plays that he pull, that he plays on the old Flying V mm. um, of his. It's sort of uh, that beat up guitar. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's not too much really to say about the composition of the song. You know, it's just got a nice um, movement to it. It's got a nice connectivity. It's always going forward. Lots of refrains. I think the word baby is said like 20 times and darling as well. You know, it's punk. There's yeah. a lot of uh, kind of coming in there. But uh, lyrically, it's quite effective, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, it's got one of my, uh, one. I noticed one. Of the, it's got a favorite phrase of mine. Your future's in an oblong box. I always yeah. thought that was a, <laughs> yeah, a great that. turn of phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is true, actually. You can imagine that sort of tattooed on James's back or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. But it sounds good. I want. I want to reiterate that. I think the guitars, the drums, it all. It all sounds very, very sparkly, but not in a negative sense. You know what I mean? You really hear the instruments. Right. Yeah. It's just. Uh, it's just moves ahead. It's uh, heavy. It's uh, easy to just crank up. I have the Garage Ink on vinyl, and I was playing that song over and over. Is you know a little different when you're 50 years old and your kids are getting ready to go to school and right. that's playing in the background <laughs> let's get ready to go to school kids die die my darling <laughs> and it was a uh, it was a single it was the third single from um, the release as well which is interesting mm-hmm. which i mean it's kind of a quite an obvious choice i guess quite a sort of, yeah. you know explosive little two minute yeah great song i i've never seen it live i've i watched a couple of the vid uh I watched the one uh, from the, I can't remember what year it is now, but it's the tour, but uh, it looked like it was, you know, it was one of those that they play with all the lights up because sure. um, it's towards the end of the show and uh, that looked like it'd be really fun to see. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. And it lends itself to, you know, vocals from the crowd. Um, yeah. There's some nice harmonies. I think James's voice sounds excellent on this track. Yeah, that's that era of his voice. I really like a lot. It, he, that was what he was just converting from the, you know, as he says, yelling in key to singing. And yeah. He, he... yeah, and uh, it's nice as well. I mean, I was reading uh, Mick Wall's End Tonight, and he made this connection. And I don't know if it's necessarily true, but it probably is. And he's talking about how some songs on, um, you know, Gary Jink are paying homage to Cliff Burton in a sense, such as uh, this Misfits track and the Leonard Skinner track, as well, which were two of his personal favorite bands. Yeah, yeah that's true. He was, a, a, that was quite, you know, this one, you know, could understand when it came out, but when you heard Metallica doing, uh, doing um, well, Whiskey in the Jar was also mm. a, fa- a favorite of his, but then... Uh, um, yeah, that was, I'm thinking, turn the page all of a sudden, but that was a Bob yeah. Rock thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it's nice. It's nice. They, you know, they always have a sense of history, Metallica, um, moving forward. And similarly, them covering this song, which, again, I'm sorry, dedicated Misfits listeners who might be screaming here. Was this a big Misfits song of theirs, or was it kind of more of a B-side, or...? 
I would have to ask a Misfits fan. Yes, <laughs> email him. <laughs> <in there. laughs> if there's a Misfits podcast out there, I'll, uh, I'll yeah. you know, I'm sure I'll get in touch with us. But um, yeah, the song's been performed 116 times live, um, which is quite a lot, really, considering from a Garage Inc. song. Um, first yeah. played October 18th, 98 in LA. Uh, last played in October 22nd this year, uh, 2017, in London. So that must have been just before I saw them. They played that, which is quite cool as well. Um, <laughs> any any closing thoughts on Die Die My Darling? Um, I'd like to hear him do some more covers like this. Mm. I, I would. I'd like to hear him do a couple, a few more older punk things like this. I, I think that um, even if it was just something that the way the first Garage or Garage re revisited was just that um, lo-fi, not mm. very produced, as they said in the liner notes. So just you know, even if it was you know three or four songs, that'd be great. Yeah, kind of like the Ramones covers um, after James yeah. came back from rehab. They they kind of were a nice way of warming up, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything, any bands you can think of specifically you'd like to hear them cover? I mean, I know that Kirk loves GBH. I'd like to hear them tackle mm-hmm. those. But you know, I I'd like to hear them do uh, maybe a, an early suicidal song because sure. I know they're they're fans of them, um, yeah. and especially since you have Rob in the band. Yeah, yeah, that'd be dope. Who is who is with them? That'd be pretty cool. Mm, yeah, that would, that's a really good idea. And I mean, everyone pushes for these sort of things, Alex. Everyone talks about oh, S and M two, my dream setlist, Garage Inc. Yeah. Two. I mean, is it likely they do more covers? Do you think? Oh, I, I've been, you know, I with the whole. You know, in in '91, when the Black Album came out, and there was the whole deal with their selling out, and then load and reload, and you got more people angry about it. I, I'm content with what they do. I, you know, they do what they like, and it's been very successful. I've liked generally everything they've ever done, except for, you know, I'm a little iffy on on uh, Saint Anger. Okay, and people can stop calling me when it came out <laughs> it's like because i was the metallica sure, freak in the group sure. of people and they're calling me on the phone this album sucks okay <laughs> yes i know <laughs> um so yeah um but you, i know what you mean even if it's not necessarily stuff you love because it's these four guys or specifically because it's james and lars you know you can't help but be fascinated by it oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah. it was uh it was released as a single, I should say, as well, in Australia, Germany, Japan, and Mexico. It reached number 26 on Billboard's mainstream rock charts. But, I mean, Alex, your, your rock charts or your music charts, you Americans, they confuse me because you've got so many. In, in the UK, we've, we've got one. Right. You've, you've got, like, uh, Heat Seekers and whatever that means. Heat Seekers, the yeah. uh, top, yeah, it's top. I, I don't, I haven't <laughs> followed that since I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, yeah, Metallica bands don't play too gross, but it's cool from an analytical. And apparently Misfits guitar player uh, Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein praised the cover version, saying, quote, I couldn't believe it when I first heard it. And, you know, it is quite a leap. Like, if you listen to both of them, they're the same songs, the same melody, etc. But I think, crucially, production-wise, you know, having the plant studios behind them, it just makes the song more modern, if anything else. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... I mean, I would think if you're uh, in the Misfits and you think, man, I influenced these guys. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Look how huge they are. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah, it's. Um, I've always mentioned, actually, that I don't know if you're aware that Lars did a sort of new wave of British heavy metal compilation. Um, yeah. 
Have you listened to it much? I haven't actually heard it myself. No, I've only seen it, you know, when I when they had the pop-up store, they had it there on oh. vinyl, and I've seen the CD in the stores. I've just I've never picked it up. Yeah, yeah. For those not aware, it's basically it's a gimp mask on the front. Um, it's a new wave of British heavy metal, and it's Lars and a journalist did a two-disc set, basically compiling. Obviously, Misfits is not on it, but as you say, sort of the influences of the band, everything from Diamond Head and Blitzkrieg to loads of bands I've never heard of, like Gaskin and Dragster. And, you know, I want to do an episode on it one day and just go back and listen to the tracks and just sort of see what these guys love going into it but metallica they're always so respectful aren't they they always pay homage when it's due yeah i think there again that's another thing that they've that why people like them so love them so much i mean i shouldn't say like because it's a devotion that this band has that you know when you meet another metallica fan it's you know it's your favorite band and Mm. um but yeah they're their respect of their of their music heritage there i really that's another thing i've always enjoyed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i mean let's wrap up by just talking about seeing the band live as well you mentioned you saw them on the damage justice tour uh, the black album tour like how many times in total so i've seen them yeah justice once three times on the black album tour three times I, that's crazy yeah i saw them 91 92 93 but the, the interesting thing is I also saw Megadeth those years, too. Right. So what, yeah, the Rust I, in Peace uh, tour? Or was it? Yeah, I caught, I, caught, um, I caught the Clash of the Titans with Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Mm. Um, then the next year, that was Rust in Peace. Then the next year was the Countdown to Extinction tour on the next two albums. And actually, the third time I saw Megadeth was with Suicidal opening. Mm. So I saw Rob Trujillo live oh, there. Oh, sweet. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. And then I then uh, I saw them. I, oh, geez, I guess I didn't see them again until uh, I didn't see them again until Death Magnetic. Until oh wow! Oh, wow! Big break then. Yeah, I was. Uh, yep, getting uh, getting married and having kids, of course. and <laughs> yeah. took my eight year old son to see him. Oh, that's on, great! Uh, and he wore uh, when he went. He wore my T shirt from the 91 show oh. and it was hilarious because all the people uh, when he came in and people around saying oh is this your first show and they were high-fiving him and they said oh dad you're so cool and i said oh i saw him you know they're like i first saw him on the load tour and we're talking about that and i said yeah i saw him on the justice tour and they're like oh my god mm. you're so cool <laughs> it's like i treated people who saw led zeppelin when i was a kid yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is uh, that's a personal dream of mine, Alex. Not only to have a son, but to take him to a Metallica show. Yeah. So you know, it's uh, it's great. To take him. So where did you see them? Sorry, on the World Magnetic Tour. I saw them in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Okay, let's. I'm yeah. just going to get the set list up now because the set list were dope from that era as well. Um, but yeah, that. Um, what did you think of Death Magnetic as a release? I was relieved. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, I. It, I really, uh, you know, it was like, oh, they're finally back to, to doing what they what they like. And, um, you know, I've been working at the same place since that album came out. And so there's some younger Metallica fans. And uh, the interesting thing is a lot of them would say, yeah, I really like the album. But I wish James could sing like he used to. Sure. Um, um, I thought the song, you know, the songs are too long. And I liked mm. uh, Cliff and Ian's, uh, Cliff and, um, oh, jeez, Cliff. Clinton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with their discussion of the of compression because sure. that is a it, the album wears you out. Yes, That's what I could not get through it. You know, the first couple times, sure, but 
it, you just couldn't get all the way through it by, um, mm. but now that I have it on vinyl and you have it on two records, you get the, you know, natural breaks in it. It's uh, much easier to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, just got the set list up now from 09. This is the Conseco Fieldhouse. Is that right? Conseco, yep. Conseco Fieldhouse, okay. So yeah, we had That Was Just Your Life, The End of the Line, so kind of an obvious Death Magnetic Double Punch. Into Ride the Lightning, Into Wherever I May Roam, and then the One. What an incredible five opener. <laughs> yeah. God damn. Um, and then we had Broken Beat and Cyanide again, bit of Death Magnetic, Sabbath True, Sanitarium, All Night Me Long. So that's what I loved about the Death Magnetic era. They're really putting the majority of the album out there. Yes. And uh, to hear my son next to me chanting... Uh, cyanide i've already died <laughs> it's just the funeral i'm waiting for come on let's let's yeah. hold up on that <laughs> your future's not in an oblong box i think it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's and um you yeah, actually did a misfits cover when you saw them play last caress um as the yeah. first encore and then motor breath and deceit and destroy so yeah what what a brilliant set list no surprise really um have you do you see them on the hardwire tour yeah i saw them in st louis okay okay how was that and that that was uh, the furthest I've ever sat from them <laughs> and it rained. Oh man, it oh, rained no. like crazy. So we didn't get to see the, we didn't get to see the dancing flame during moth into flame. Right. But yeah, you know, I didn't know about that till a couple days after really. Uh, but it was a great show. Um, that one I took my daughter to, that was her first exposure to seeing them. So it was my son, my daughter and I. So that's yeah, it was a great show. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 fantastic, man. And we will um, close up as we always do uh, with a few quick fire questions. Uh, the first one's very simply: What is your favorite Metallica song? Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets. Yeah, it is just you can't really say anything against it, can you? It's one of the greatest epics metal music ever produced. Right. Yep. It's just it, yeah. there's just nothing wrong with it. You know, it's the first time you see it live. That's when it locked in as being my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It really just has so many brilliant high points, you know, and, yeah. and so many different ranges of emotions that it conjures as well. It is just a, mm-hmm. a piece of magic. What about your favorite album? Justice for All. Justice for All, yeah. It's, um, I mean, some people, I wouldn't necessarily agree, but they've made the Death Magnetic argument with Justice that it can be a little exhausting to listen to as well, just it's so packed. Yeah, but it's... Uh, it, I don't... I don't know. Maybe it's when I got it. I was sure, you know, sure. tw- 20 years old when that came out. And uh, I, to me, the, um, it was just, you know, wide eyed, you know, when blackened hit. I was, mm. What is this? It's, yeah. just, it, it's prog rock. I love prog rock, yeah. but it's metal. And, you know, the only metal I listened to at that time was Rat and Motley Crue. Sure. Uh, this is, and it, um, like I said, my list that i sent you by the time mm. you know harvest or sorrow hit i'm like this is just the greatest thing i've heard and um i was hooked then mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um favorite member of the band it depends on who i'm talking to sure. and that kind of sounds kind of cheeky but i would say if i'm talking to non-metallica fans especially if they're haters i always say lars <laughs> just to piss them off yeah <laughs> i know what you mean um but but you know it's got to be James. I mean sure. the guy, James with with my, you know, and and I have a special place for Jason. I've said it often he's my spirit animal. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your wolf. 
Yeah, like yep. definitely, uh, definitely the fan who the fan who got in your favorite band. That's yeah. so great about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who spent the entire time he saw the band in front of Cliff, you know, absorbing. Right. Uh, so yeah, Jason, incredible, incredible guy. And finally, um, a little bit of an odd question, but if you were to do an Alpha Metallica podcast, say about another band, what what are some other bands that you could confidently do a podcast out knowledge wise? Uh. Well, he doesn't have a long enough history, but uh, Buddy Holly. Is, right. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Buddy Holly and Chuck Berry are my picks. If anyone says King of Rock and Roll, those are the two I pick. Sure. They're the guys who wrote their own songs, took it out there. Uh, a lot of people don't know that before the British invasion, there was Buddy Holly's tour of England. And, uh, you know, John Lennon is famous. It's not so famous anymore. But if you see Paul McCartney's documentary on John Le- on uh, on uh, Buddy Holly, you oh, know the cricket stuff was so inspirational to them. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, it's the Beatles took their name from the crickets. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, what more can you say? Uh, other bands I really, you know, right now, band I really love is the the Kinks. Yeah, oh, yeah. That that uh, that'd be a good podcast. That'd be a good podcast. Uh, just because their periods, the 60s with the, you know, they sort of played along and then they refused to not, they refused to Americanize their accents, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Muswell Hillbillies being one of the greatest, I'm not even say rock record, one of the best records of all time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then their, their rise in the early 80s uh, with uh, Destroyer, I just loved. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh... I'm just just being selfish here, but you mentioned that you loved Rush earlier. I would love to see a Rush podcast. I would love to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd be. Yeah, you think you're the yeah, target of fans, man. There, those are some crazy yeah. people right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched. Um, what is it called? Beyond the Lighted Stage, that documentary about Rush. Oh, and it's yep. so good. It's like I highly recommend people to watch it. Fascinating, very interesting, and they chronicle some of the fans, and they are like. You know, Metallica fans like Pearl Jam fans, they go to hundreds of shows. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. They just and they have the and how they treat the fans. I know they, you know, I know Neil Pert doesn't see him and everyone sure, accepts that because sure. he laid it out. He wasn't an asshole to him. He just said, hey, I can't do it. It's not my personality. But I mean, to see Getty and Alex, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I actually saw Geddy Lee in a London gallery. I was with my girlfriend, and I knew it was him. He's just one of those guys you can recognize from the back. He was with his wife. And I, di- I didn't go up to him. I did want to say something, but it's just sometimes you just want to leave them, let them enjoy their break in London, you know? Right. You know, but... Um, you just hope if they maybe catch your eye your way, you just give them a thumbs up yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Moving pictures, bro. Love it. Yeah, it's like... Thumbs up and a little thank you, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, Rush. Maybe maybe when I'm older, I'll do a Rush podcast because I think they their music tends well as well for that long form analysis. But um, you know, Alex, this has been a treat, man. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. I loved it. Um, I, I guess finally, uh, is there any you know things you'd like to share? Any podcast? I know you don't do a podcast, but anything you know to promo? Uh, just that uh, I've got a small i i sell vinyl i mm. i buy from a distributor i right now i'm specializing in sort of like the i really like that rock the hard 70s era mm. proto metal rock that's coming out of sweden oh right okay right now and italy of course uh 
um, Facebook friends with a guy in a, in a band called Witchwood, and we talk quite, you know, we talk semi often. Um, mm-hmm. They're fantastic. I mean, if you like, uh, if you are into that 70s proto rock, especially because I discovered Witchwood when I was looking for a video, a live video of uh, Gypsy, and mm-hmm. I found them doing it live. It's a great band. Um, so that's on Discogs. It's under the Real Vinyl Alex. Hmm. And then on Instagram, I do Real Vinyl Alex. I post a few times a week, you know, just the vinyl community where we all post what we're listening to. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, as as someone who's been a fan of music for so long, um, you must be great to embrace some of these things like Discogs to share collections in that way. Yeah, it's great. And seeing what other people are listening to, because uh, like the other, just Friday night, I saw, I was at a show, I saw Clutch. Right. It was a band I've really liked since uh, I discovered them in 99. And I'd always heard of Devin Townsend Project, but sure. that was sort of like, oh, I'm not going to get into them right now. Well, he was the opener. And I'm now I'm, I think I'm going to become Devin Townsend uh, obsessed because oh, he, what a showman. Oh my gosh, the guy was, uh, he has that, he just communicated with the fans, how he walked in front, and I was lucky enough, I was right on the rail, and as he came down towards me, I gave him the big, you know, the, sure. shot him the metal horns, and he was pointing to people and sort of snapping up, thank you, thank you. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, he has a great story, how his, uh, he, it listen, and I've just, this weekend, that's what I've been sort of catching up on, who is this guy, and what an amazing guitarist. Yeah, I, I literally only know him from Sex and Religion, uh, Steve Vai's Ooh. album where he sings on it. And I remember enjoying that, but I can't remember too much. But I know that he's like lauded as a player and an artist in his own right. And he's and he's a and he's a completely honest and nice guy. When you when you he was just he I, I, opening bands, he'll come out and I like what he said is we're the Devon Townsend Project and we have fifty minutes. Right. <laughs> 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 all right all right awesome well um you know check out alex's uh discog page and any of the bands that we mentioned as well if you are interested in those but um alex uh you know you've been supporting the show pretty much since day dot really so i genuinely appreciate it. thanks for coming on well i appreciate your uh work that you do here i know it's tough to research all this stuff and you've got a link with people you know six hour time difference that's yeah. that's great i appreciate it and <laughs> Perhaps we can do it again sometime. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, everyone listening, please get in touch with me, metallicapodagema.com. Let me know in the comments what you thought about Die Die My Darling, what you think about Misfits, what you think about Buddy Holly, you know, whatever. Uh, get back to us there. Um, you know, check out Alex's page, as I say. Patreon is there if you need it. Uh, iTunes review would be greatly appreciated as well. But um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And Alex, thanks again, man. If you listen, support it, guys. Mm-hmm.